Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Branch Isole, who is an author, storyteller, and poet. Branch, how you doing? Good evening, Timothy. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. I'm doing well, too. Thanks for asking. And we'd like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit about yourself and some of the things you like to do for fun, that'd be great. Okay, great. Um, I'm as you said, a poet and a storyteller and author. Uh, I've written 22 books, um, four nonfiction and 18 fiction. Um, my nonfiction books are about uh, primarily about spiritual growth and uh, publishing. And my fiction stories all have to do with um, life's experiences, things that we all have in common, either firsthand or from family members or coworkers, but situations that every adult reader is familiar with. And um, so it deals with a lot of the emotional things and psychological things and some of the stress and struggle that we go through as as adults in a postmodern world. That's my work end. Um, My recreation, I actually have a small hobby farm and I raise chickens and I've got dogs and cats and lots of critters in the woods, foxes, raccoons. Um, haven't seen a bear yet, but they're out here. We live in the middle of a forest. So there's literally thousands and thousands of acres of woods around us. So it's it, it can be pretty wild, but uh, that keep my animals keep me pretty busy. So. That's where I get uh, all of my pleasure from is dealing with them and nobody talks back. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Tell us a little bit about your motivation for writing so many books. Wow. Well, it's actually, it's changed over the last 20 years. I've been actively writing for about 23 years and you know, I started down one path and thought that that was where I was going. And that took sort of a detour. I was originally doing nonfiction uh, books, primarily for uh, seekers and searchers of truth and fallen away Christians. Um, then I sort of went in the other direction and started uh, fiction writing and started with short stories and poetry and and stories that, like I said, that people would identify with in their own lives, but very brief and concise kind of stories, you know, something you can read in two minutes or less. And I found that I was able to express, you know, the theme that I wanted to and the lesson of life I was trying to get across. And it didn't tie up Um, a lot of plot and character kind of situations like you would find in a novel. It it just, that's the way it came out. So that's the way I kept writing it. 
And then in the last few years, I've sort of gone back the other direction and I'm back in the, the spiritual realm. And at this point, I'm trying to sow seeds with people to help them um, understand how to have better relationships in their lives, be their personal or work relationships, and how to get spiritually grounded uh, for things that are coming in the future. So it's kind of gone full circle, but it, it certainly as I've matured as a writer, um, I'm hoping that the content has also matured. So I'm attracting a, a greater audience than I originally was. Awesome, I love that. And so you kind of started with nonfiction, jumped into fiction, and now you said you're back writing nonfiction? You're right, I'm back on the, on the nonfiction uh, trail. Um, so. I love it, it I love it. it. Yeah, it, it's interesting how it, you know, it, it started out as one thing I thought, and then it evolved into something a little bit different. And now I'm much more comfortable, you know, in, in the topics that I'm covering uh, because I've done a lot more study and a lot more reading and that's helped me to understand a, a broader spectrum of uh, where my interests lie now. So, yeah. Awesome, awesome. Well, what are your, what's your overall vision for your books now? Like, are you trying to get one-on-one -on -one consultations with people? Or are you just trying to have your books impact a lot of people and get better relationships? What's the vision for the books? Well, again, it's kind of interesting, you know, as, as an aspiring writer, as an aspiring author, you know, you wanna write quality material that will sell. And I guess every author's dream is to, be on a bestseller list and, and be recognized. Um, that's not the goal so much, but reaching people is, you know, I'm, I've got a much broader audience now than I ever had before, but I think it's because my emphasis has changed and I'm writing about things that people really identify with in their lives. You know, we live in interesting and turbulent times. And for many people, they tend to lose or can't find a balance in life. And when we are out of balance, you know, um, our time is consumed with specifics and anytime I any when our time is um, consumed by something specific that it doesn't leave us time to grow in other areas so now the writing is about balance and it's about growth and as I said it's about relationships um, life is all about relationships and so trying to be you know, trying to help people to understand the struggle that we all face today in, in a fast-paced world, the emphasis is on getting that balance and being able to apply that balance to reduce some of that stress and struggle uh, conflict that we naturally sort of get ourselves in as humans. I mean, we all have visions 
and aspirations and dreams that we want to fulfill in our lives. And because of the world we live in, we often sacrifice, you know, different parts of our lives that we then find out, gosh, I shouldn't have, you know, taken so much time away from my family in order to, you know, pursue my career. So this idea of balance, how do, how do we get balance back in our lives so we can, you know, do well in our careers so we can also have relationships with the people who are important to us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that. And your vision for the books is to reach people with them, help them get to that balance, apply that balance. So they're not experiencing that regret later in life. Right. Exactly. You know, having being more mature now, being older now, <laughs> you look back on your life at, you know, in, in, decades or blocks of time and you realize you know what was important and what the fruits of that labor were but also what some of the regrets of that labor were so as a writer you know i try to share that information in a in a vision in a way that the reader can identify with and quickly understand how it might apply to their life. And, and in doing that, you know, if I can help them take off the blinders and see that it's possible to have both, but both require some sacrifice. So it's, it's trying to share, you know, experience and knowledge from my life. Um, my stuff is not autobiographical, but I'm dealing with uh, biographical topics, like to say that every adult is familiar with from their own life, their own situation. Awesome. Awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about what really caused you to take the first step towards starting to write books. Wow. Um, I was never a great student and I was certainly never a great reader. I actually didn't read uh, the first complete book I read was when I was in the army. So reading was not, you know, an activity that I participated in beyond what I was required to do in school. And um, that didn't prepare me for writing. I, I never thought of myself as a writer. But as I got older, in fact, I didn't start writing until I was 50. So it was, uh, you know, a lot of years without that kind of outlet and I had I was moved one day to write a book I, I have to be honest with you you know um, <clears throat> I had a spiritual intervention and out of that came the idea for my first book and so I sort of stumbled into it um, from the back door so to speak and the first book took about two years to, to write to, to get it down on on paper so it was sort of a labor of love but when I got it finished I thought okay now what do I do with it so I pursued publishing it and once it was published um, I was actually living in in Hawaii at the time and I lived on the very eastern tip on a property in Maui and I I, 
I could see out across the water and see the big island of Hawaii from, from my backyard. And one day I was out there and I was watching the water and I thought how frightening it might be to be in the middle of the ocean alone, say from a ship, shipwreck or, or some kind of other disaster and you are floating in those waters all by yourself and the kinds of thoughts that would go through your mind. And um, the more I thought about it, the more frightening <clears throat> the vision became. And out of that experience of those thoughts came my first short story, my first poem. And <clears throat> somehow from that point, everything that fell out, everything that flowed just continued to be short stories. So that's where the fiction turn came to be. And um, that was sort of the process. And, and like I say, that went on for about 15 years. And then uh, most recently come back into the nonfiction venue. I love it. I love it. If you can meet one or two people right now, that would really help you get your books out there and help people get balanced and apply that balanced. They could be one or two people or one or two types of people. Who would they be and how would they help you? Wow. Um, well, actually, it's people just like you. Uh, since I've gotten into the, the podcast realm as a guest, you know, on different kinds of shows, because of the four or five um, topic areas that I share and specialize in, it allows me to uh, go across different contents that podcast uh, hosts have. And the podcast as a venue, as a medium, has been just a real boost for me and my writing my book sales. But it's also been a, a great avenue to, you know, sort of touch real people through real people. Um, the podcast world is not quite as sophisticated or demanding as the broadcast media world, but you get a lot more time and you get a lot more opportunity to really dig a little deeper so that the listeners out there, you know, have more than a soundbite kind of uh, exposure to you or your ideas or your, or your product. And so the, uh, the world of podcasts has been just a real boon for me, both as a writer and as a speaker. And, and it's allowed me to really touch, I've had shows all over the world. So I've been able to share information, you know, about these specific topics to people all over the planet. And it's just been a, a, a real godsend. It's like, you know, a word perfect program for the computer, for a writer is everything. You know, as, as, a, as a writer, I could have never written and gotten anything down where you couldn't cut and paste. Uh, you know, the tools that are available from the technology allow you to do so many things in such a, a concise and brief time period that you can be really productive. So podcasting is sort of the the distribution um, 
side of that equation. You've, you've got all of the writing tools that you need to actually produce with podcasting world that it gives you distribution as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. What are the most important one or two things that everyday people can do to really help you accomplish that dream of helping people get balanced and apply that balance? Well, it's not a matter of helping me. It's a matter of helping themselves. Like I said, we all struggle. Um, everybody deals with issues, personal issues, you know, relationship issues, um, family issues, work issues. We've all got things going on in our lives that take our time and take our energy. And, you know, a lot of people feel that they're doing all of the things they're doing, but they're not really doing it for themselves. They're, they're doing it, you know, for the approval or in the eyes of others, or they feel I have this obligation to do this for someone else or for these other people. And what about me? And, and that's where we lose the balance, right? Um, we have to be concerned with our own health and our own mental well-being, and um, all of us sacrifice in our lives for the things that we think are important or the things that we feel we desire. And without that balance, at the end of the day, you know, we often think, "Well, gee, what have I been doing all of this for?" So I'm trying to reach out again, to, to people, to readers, to listeners, to help them, you know, look at the issues and, and the struggles in their lives and know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And, and by sharing, you know, these topics and these steps, like I have one, one topic that I do on, on uh, rebuilding damaged relationships. And there are seven steps in that process that you can actually do and work through to help reconcile a damaged relationship. You know, one of the other topics is the 12 universal lessons of life, because all of us are here to learn those lessons in order to become better people. So that's the idea is to Find other people like yourself who are trying to disseminate information for the listener or the reader so that they can, you know, become better people, have better relationships and be more fulfilled, you know, as a person um, in the daily struggle. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. And this is a question that wasn't in our scripted questions, but I've liked to start asking it. Um, okay. I'll, there are a lot of people in life and some people are okay receiving help. Some people are like, I just don't need help. And some people literally reject the idea of help. And so my question to you is there are a lot of people who are in a really rough situation in life, but they're not willing to be helped or change their situation. In your opinion, what is the thing? the catalyst that brings people from the point of rejecting help 
and rejecting change to accepting help and accepting change. Well, let me start by saying, I think that all of us at some points in our lives can identify with all three of those stages. You know, thinking we don't need help, thinking we do need help, or thinking that um, I may need help, but I don't know what that looks like and I don't know where to find it. So we all experience, you know, being alone, um, if not physically, emotionally, or psychologically. We all, like I say, we all go through those same lessons of life. It's, it's, it's about the lesson. But what we experience is the manifestation of that lesson. See, the choices that we make in every situation come with consequences. And some of those can be good and some of those can be not so good. And some of them can be, you know, downright dangerous. So the choice is the important part. The consequence is the part that we have to live with after we experience the manifestation, the action. And depending on those three things in that process sort of determines if I'm in that place where I don't need any help or I need a lot of help or I need help, but I don't know how to get it. <clears throat> so experiencing that challenge of whether we need help or not um, sort of depends on whether or not we are willing to accept the help that's out there. And I think that a lot of people struggle, you know, because for whatever reasons, they don't believe they want help or they don't know what that help looks like and, and what it will do for them. So uh, we see that with people who, who struggle with different kinds of addictions, right? And help in the, in the standard format is sort of the 12 step program. This is how you kick you know, drugs or alcohol or whatever the addiction may be too. There's, there's a formula, there's a process that you can go through to help you stop the addiction and go into some kind of recovery. Well, <clears throat> that will never happen unless you are mentally prepared to go through that process. You know, that's what um, falling away or backsliding is all about is it, it, it's not the physical, there's a physical struggle involved for sure, especially in addiction, but ultimately it's a mental conditioning and until you can defeat the addiction mentally it's very difficult to go through the physical withdrawal to a point where you can defeat it on the physical level so all that being said um you know people have to want help and then they have to search out for the correct kind of help that will help them you know, address the issue of the problem and then figure out a solution. Gotcha. I, I don't know if that answers your question. 
It does, but just a, a little follow-up for those people who are like, you said people have to accept help. Like that is step one. No. Or people have to uh, be willing to accept help. They, exactly. They have, to, they have to consider, I need help with this and I can't do it on my own. Yes. For those people who are like not in that mind space right now, what is the thing that brings them to that mind space? Um, when they get to rock bottom, <laughs> whatever rock bottom looks like for them, um, when their life is on the line, they will have the ultimate decision of life or death. Okay. You know, there's, there's five basic motivators in life that apply to every one of us in every situation that we face. And those five are need, want, status, love, and fear. And fear of loss is the greatest of all. And the greatest fear we face is loss of our life, is death. And, you know, when a person hits rock bottom, whatever rock bottom looks like for them, they will have to make a decision. And for some, sadly, you know, they lose their life by not thinking or needing or believing they need that help and they're willing to go get it. Um, for people who reach that point in their lives and convince themselves that there may be another option, you know, then perhaps they'll get help. <clears throat> now, what I try to share and sell, if you will, is if you're not spiritually grounded, it becomes very difficult for you to make that leap, to pull the trigger and make that jump for help. If you get spiritually grounded, you will start to discover a few things about yourself. Number one, you are lovable. Number two, you are worthy. And number three, you are worthy of being loved. And for somebody who's on the spiritual path, they soon discover that they are loved and they are loved by the Lord. And when you come to grips with the fact that <clears throat> as bad as you may be or as bad as you may think you are and as heinous things that you might have done in your life, as a creation of the Lord, he loves you no matter how bad you are. And when we come to that realization that we are, you know, a creation of God and he loves us and is willing to be there for us, then we can start on the path of understanding worthiness. And once we're on the path of understanding that we are worthy and we're worthy of God's love, then if he loves us, then I'm worthy of love giving and receiving from the people in my life. Gotcha. I love it. <clears throat> Gospel's so good. <laughs> uh, awesome. Amen. <laughs> well, um, now we're going to jump into our thriving three. And so the first okay. question is, what's your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. 
Wow, that's really difficult. Um, I, I had picked one that I saw recently again, that was The Prestige um, with Michael Caine and Hugh Jackman and Christopher Bale. Um, I, I'm a fan of things like Fight Club and Memento and kind of the original Matrix, things that are a little bit off the wall um, and, you know, and, and have a storyline, have a theme, have a moral, and make you think. So, uh, the one that I picked for the, the survey was the prestige. Love it. And what's one way you like to care for yourself? Wow, I like to get outside every day with my animals and, uh, you know, do something in the yard. Um, I've got a garden when the season's going, so that keeps me occupied. But in, anything outside, I spend a lot of alone time. Alone time. Uh, my wife and I, as I said, live a little bit isolated in a forest, so we don't have a lot of contact with the outside world, so to speak. So I get that contact, you know, on the internet and through the podcast and and preparing for those things. But I like to be outside, especially. You know, I live in a region where the weather is pretty temperate, so I can get out just about all year long. And so being outside with the animals is sort of my recreation. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And what is one action step you can take right now or continue to take if you're already <laughs> taking it to really reach people, help them get to that balance and apply that balance? Wow, just keep doing podcasts. Um, I'm just amazed how many different podcasts are out there. Um, just about, gosh, any you know content or theme area you could think of, there's somebody out there talking about it. So oh, yeah, that's been uh, that's been a great outlet, and it allows me to reach people, you know, virtually every day between between my website and my YouTube channel and all the things that we post. Um, you know, I'm able to have contact, even if it's not direct contact, I've got contact with people all over the world. And we live in an age where, you know, that's pretty much how we communicate today. And it's never been that way in the history of man. So it's, it's an exciting time to be able to reach all the way across the world in a moment's notice and share thoughts and ideas. Absolutely. No, I completely agree. It's, you know, growing up in it, it's so normalized. But when I think about like, yeah. <laughs> just like 50 years ago, 100 years ago, like, it was nothing like this. I'm like, that's crazy. How'd they live like that? <laughs> yeah, I when I talk to my granddaughters, they can't believe that I, I, as a kid, I had no TV. And then when we had TV, it was black and white, and there were three channels. And yep. you know, they just... Yeah, that, that's a total concept from them that they don't relate to. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, awesome, Branch. Is there anything else you want to chat about before we sign off? Oh, well, let's see here. Um, I want to encourage people out there who don't have a spiritual grounding, who don't have a relationship with the Lord, to think about it, to consider it. You know, the, the most interesting question that I get <clears throat> is about acquiring spiritual grounding and the shortest answer i can give is 
asking them, would you like to know your future? And just about everybody says, yes, they'd like to know their future. Well, I'd like to share how you can make that happen. If you don't have a relationship with the Lord, and I'm talking about Christianity, if you don't have a spiritual grounding with Christ, if you'll consider doing that, here's how you do it. You simply ask him to come into your life, and he will. And what he'll do is he will send his spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, into your life to dwell with your spirit. And once your spirit has his spirit within you, every chance you get or every time you have to make a, a tough decision and you don't know how to respond, all you have to do is ask his spirit to help you. And what he will do is he will come and he will show you all the negative consequences of choosing that selfish desire you have, or what I like to say, choosing the world's way. When you choose the world's way or you decide, gee, I'm going to do what I want to do or what the, the world has encouraged me to do, his spirit will come and show you all the negative consequences of that choice. Now, you still have the opportunity to make the choice. It's up to you. That's what free will is all about. But going into it, you will know ahead of time, if you choose the world's way instead of the Lord's way, he's going to alert you and warn you as to all the negative outcomes that you could possibly face in that choice. So if you want to know your future and the important things, get, get a, a spiritual relationship going with God today. And it's that easy. You just ask him to come into your life and send his spirit to you. And from that moment on, you'll be able to see the future. Love it. Well, awesome. Branch, thank you so much for coming on the show. Timothy, my pleasure, buddy. Thanks for having me. Of course. And if you guys are listening to this and you liked what Branch had to say, you want to reach out to Branch, maybe get some of his books, make sure to hit him up. Branch, where can people contact you? Sure, Timothy. Thanks. Uh, I've got a website, just my name, Branch Isolay. Uh, just Google it and it'll take you there. I've also got a YouTube channel, same name where we post um, lots of different things for free, short stories, essays. Um, there's over 500 posts on there. Just go ahead and read them and, and see what you think. And then, of course, we sell the books on the website, books and ebooks, and they're also available at all the usual suspects, Amazon, Apple, Barnes & Noble, you know, wherever books are sold. Awesome. Love it. Well, Branch, thank you so much. You guys, make sure to reach out to him. As we always ask at the end of every show, please send this to one or two people you know need to hear. Maybe they need some spiritual grounding to improve their relationships or just need a little bit of Branch's writing in their life. Either way, either way, send them this episode, shoot us a five-star review on iTunes, and we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. 
If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one -on -one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.